0: Let the universe hear what you want this year so you can have it. Welcome to the Create Your Best Year podcast with your host, Clara Angelina Diaz-Anderson. In this podcast, we help you to find and receive what you want this year, give you tips, stories, and interviews of what others are doing to create their best year. Welcome. Ebony, thank you for being on the podcast today <laughs> how are you
1: I'm really well I'm really happy to be here I love our conversations and I'm excited to see where we go today
0: me too so full disclosure y'all Ebony has been my coach for you No, know, it was we worked together all of last year and then we worked together some years before that for quite a while um so people
1: love my, to know you were one of my very first clients like way back 2014 I think and then and that was for a little while and then you you stopped we stopped working together and you went off in the world and grew your own you know coaching practice and business you were doing amazing uh-huh. things anyway but like what I got to watch all of this and it's not often as a coach you get to have people come back. I am very fortunate. I have it happen a lot. And it's beautiful to have this ongoing, evolving relationship with people. But it's such an honor to see people go out in the world, use and implement everything we've done, and then come back and be like, I'm ready for more. So it's, yeah, exciting for me to be able to have this conversation.
0: Gosh, it feels like, not years, but eons. (laughs) Like lifetimes yeah, from the time from we when we started to work together to now, I mean, yeah, it really gets me reflecting um, because, it, you know, and I've been doing so much reflecting with this new book that I'm writing. It's been um, very cathartic. It's been uh, going down under into the oceans of my you know, psyche issues,
1: right deeply transformative books without having to feel wouldn't it like
0: <laughs> my god my but also, you know
1: feeling it and transmuting it and working with it is half of the process right like it's a whole journey in and of itself
0: yeah well well you know so so one of the last chapters of my book I keep looking this way because I have I, I drew out this what I call the life journey diagram and mission statement for my book. So it looks like a little pathway. And at the end, the last chapter is called Healing Ancestral Trauma. And as I was reading that, I don't know where, like the word alchemy just kind of like popped up into my head. And I thought, okay, like who's the best person to talk to about alchemy? Then the priestess of alchemy herself. (laughs) Ebony and then I found myself going on your website and I felt like I was like getting to know you all over again Mm. and like what is that Ebony I mean what what is what is what is alchemy (laughs) what is alchemy to you Ebony
1: well so one of the kind of fundamental laws of of magic or of energy work or of the universe is that we can't destroy energy you can only transmute it right like you can shift it or change it but you can't destroy it and so the process with which we work with energy and changing it from one state into another state can be called alchemy If we look at the the history of alchemy and what people used to refer to as alchemy and and, um, a long time ago, there was hermetic principles and the alchemists turned lead into gold and they were looking for the elixir of life and they would create their own philosopher's stone. And so for me, whilst I'm not um, literally turning lead into gold, a lot of the work that I do is is transforming shadows or parts of ourselves that feel heavy like lead into gold, into light, into something treasured, right? And so for me, that's a part of alchemy, is take is is taking those parts of ourselves or the dark bits that we're not really willing to look at or some of my clients say oh it's like looking under the rug or or the the drawer in the kitchen where I've put all the things I don't want to look at with you right like no matter what happens we will look at the stuff that you've been like hiding away and like avoiding for a little while so that we can transform it and Uh so that we can so if we talk um hermetic principles or alchemical principles so that we can fortify it so that we can refine it so that we you know all of these things you get to be your own medicine you get to look at what is the essence of you and how do you mm, separate it refine it from these other bits that are not not no good but The impurities, if you like, that where you've been conditioned by society or by your parents or by school or by work, like all of these things. And essentially what we're looking to do is to make you the most resilient, most refined, pure, and not in the like saintly white pure thing, but as in the essenceful version of yourself. And so that you get to be yourself in the world, because ultimately, if I look at it from a spiritual perspective, we have incarnation intentions. We were were light, soul, vibration, frequency, and we became matter the moment that we were born. And as as matter, as a physical body, we get to have a physical and emotional experience. And that is why we chose to incarnate, to have a physical and emotional experience and to share and express our experience with everyone else for the greatest and highest good of all humanity and the expansion and evolution of the planet and what that means is that every single day we are going through a process of alchemy we're shifting our state we're shifting our physical state or our emotional state and coming home to ourselves and relating with each other and causing friction or traction or you know all of the stuff that we need actually to learn and to f- be like no <laughs> because if it was just nice and lovely and you know utopia all the time we wouldn't learn anything humans grow through this kind of experience of lack right so that for me is what alchemy is it's a it's living
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i love it i love it so much so a, a couple things come up for me right as you're saying that so one is how i feel like in the process of us working together and somewhat like if, you know, in the, in the process of also what I do with people is helping people become their own alchemists mm-hmm. as well, because there's always going to be, right, the light and the dark side of anything, which, you know, I love. I, I so subscribe to the idea that we were, we were light and we chose to come here and we are choosing to experience matter, physicality, so that we knew what it was like. Right. And like, and also, and to return in a sense, like return back to that essence, but here in that causing expansion. So in the book, I have this line that says like, what if you knew right before you came here uh, that Now I have to remember the line. What if you knew right before you came here that you would be able to kind of come into this world and experience and be a co-creator, right? Experience creatorship. Mm -hmm. Like what if, what if like we lived our lives knowing that we chose this ability to co-create?
1: I fully believe that as children, we do know that. I fully believe that we do know that. I think then the systems, like we just evolution things got out of control right like power got out of control Mm. power over got out of control because power itself is not an issue but trying to exert power over one another takes us away from co-creation right like further away from co-creation and this idea of massive independence or hyper-independence is not helpful and Really, we were designed to be interdependent and to live right. in conflict. And so, when we all are these beautiful puzzle pieces, when we're being ourselves, then we can interwive and co create with each other. And it is never a coach's or a mentor's or in anyone's job, in my opinion, to do the healing or to do the transformation for somebody else. Actually, in alchemy, you can't do somebody else's alchemy for them. You can try, but you will—you'll never be able to create somebody else's elixir of life or their philosopher's stone. We have to do that for ourselves.
0: Right. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I have two little wizards here living with me, uh, two, a two-year-old and a seven-year-old, and yeah, I mean, I can't do it for them. Like I can sit with them as they do it. I can give them tools. I can set an example. Um, but I can't, yeah, that's, I can't do it with them. And I, I'm, I, you know, people are going to be listening to this and they won't be able to see my face. But as you were talking about the puzzle pieces, like I get all giddy because I use that very same metaphor. You know, I, when I'm talking about like our life's purpose is like, you are an intricate puzzle piece mm-hmm. of this whole situation um and you're unique, right? And like you and like why try to be like other people? Why try to be like you know, these ideas and models that society has created that are deemed right when you were born to be this unique, unique piece. And I um I've never heard anybody else actually explain it like that until now. Um, so I feel very validated. <laughs>
1: And there's something in that, so we were wired to belong, and that means that we, and and belonging is great because belonging drives us to co-create and to procreate, right? Uh But when it becomes distorted and it becomes more important than living our truth or being our wildest, truest selves, that's where we see issues, And if we think about the yogic principles of of union, right, or like in yoga, what we're trying to do is we're trying to balance both the inhalation and the exhalation, and then like going as wide and as broad as we can, whilst also pulling up, you know, in our bandas and that, right? And so if you think about this like 3D or 5D compass going out in all directions, and also pulling in in all directions. That is what union is. And in so many ways, that's what we're striving to do as human beings, right? But Uh we're not static. It's never static. We're always we have to breathe to stay alive, which means we need to be moving to stay alive, which Mm -hmm. means that we're going to be continually in this kind of search for equilibrium, and so you've heard me talk about it a million times, but this thing that we're actually seeking is is equanimity. Like, can you stay in a in a state of equanimity whilst chaos or and or life is happening around you? And one of the biggest tools that we need in order to do that, and one of the ways that we can shift our state very quickly, is through our physical body. And you will have seen this with your kids. You know, when 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 we have small people when they're first born, it is the mother's job literally to physically regulate their child because they haven't learned how to regulate their state through their body yet. And so one of the main things of both mothers and fathers is to model first by literally holding them skin to skin and then by, like you said, modeling because, you know, you can breathe and you can model like being regulated. And as you do that, then they learn how to regulate themselves. And having a physical body is a really big part of alchemy, but also of being human, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, equanimity is my favorite word. I am like, I strive for that. I want to live there always. I, I'm equanimity. like, I imagine myself, I imagine myself, you know, sitting in equanimity and bathing in it
1: and breathing it. Um, but equanimity on yeah. like the beach not so you know it it doesn't feel the same like it's not about equanimity is the calm in the chaos if we take Uh the chaos away then it's just peace right and so for you and I there's this real distinction because sometimes it can be like just long for peace or just want peace, and it's not peace really it just means we need to shift the um I like to refer to it as ingredients, right? But we, we can shift the ingredients in our in our soup of life. And I do that with the value filter, or, which is one of my tools, or with moving the body, or with breath, or all of these things. And I think that that's a really core cool part of, of the message in your book as well, of like, get to know what your things are. Get to out uh-huh. how you tick what you're made of. Yeah, what
0: are your, uh, you know, I, I mentioned how I've used, you know, your value filter. I have people think about their values as well. Um, the, another thing I wanted to mention was so, you know, how I redid my basement.
1: <laughs> and you were
0: talking about how, you know, part of alchemy is, you know, like looking under the rug or, right, what are those like things that you kind of like put away that you can then take out and, um use for a better purpose or you gotta throw away or I mean not throw away but like transmute in some way give it to someone else because nothing is nothing is really disappearing it's either being recycled or it's giving being given away or you could put fire to it um but I literally felt as you're saying that like this upheaval in my life as I was, doing this basement because it's literally the part of my house that like nobody wanted to go into it was like a dark dungeon I mean and just like um I mean this I don't know figuratively spiritually it was it's transforming everything um and it went from this like dark dungeon to this I mean, you see my office, <laughs> like this is how it looks throughout the whole thing. It's like another apartment. And I see it as such like an amazing example, right? Of like what happens when we dare, it was, a, it was an extremely messy process. When we dare to look at the parts of us and of our lives that we have been kind of shutting the door on for so long it's gonna get messy as hell. It's scary as hell. I literally went. It, it was like so many times that I like, like I wanted to do the basement and it wasn't. It, it didn't work out. So finally, it it got done. But it was it was a complete upheaval. And I wonder if you've ever seen this happen before.
1: You know I have. <laughs> this death and death and rebirth, right, and you know it's messy because birth is messy. Very. Like it's you cannot create new life without getting a little messy. You cannot um or a lot. Or a lot. <laughs> you cannot let go of something without getting sad, right? Like if we watch in life as 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 things die, we mourn them. And we're sad, and we get to celebrate them as well. But we also watch them decompose, we watch them rot in some cases, and then transmute into something new. And there's that so many of us try and bypass this part of the process. They try to sterilize it. We try to we we kind of back away from what is essentially the feminine, right? Like the the chaotic. And then also the receiving because in in the birth process also there's this bit where at some point you'd have to give over to surrender to allow your body or the universe or whatever to to finish the process. And this is the same in anything that we are co-creating. There will be a transmutation of energy. There will be something that dies. You know, one of the hardest things I have to work with when people come to me saying they want to change is the fact that no one wants to change in order to change, right? Like they want the new thing, but they don't want to do anything different. Yeah. And in order to get change, we have to change and it's uncomfortable to change.
0: It's extremely uncomfortable. Um... I mean, i There's so much in my own like in my astrology numerology chart where it's like change, and that's what I'm all about. And I love to say to say to people like, you know, I thrive in change. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, it, it's it just feels like my calling to constantly be in this like state of change and renewal. But it's like I feel like I'm dying every single time.
1: I really really want to honor you for that and saying it out loud and for me the version of that that I experience is people always say to me you're so courageous you're so courageous and I'm like you have no idea how I'm scared I am 100% of the time you be courageous I'm also scared like this morning I was terrified like I and and it's people always look at me and go well you're so courageous you're constantly doing courageous things how can you possibly be scared I'm like the two go together. Let's be clear, right? Yeah. And so yeah. like somebody who really embraces and enjoys change is also like really resistant to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you get your courageous, and I get you're so graceful, so calm. And I'm like, wow. I must really be be giving off. Um, some crazy energy, the it's the equanimity, I guess. Because it's
1: the, it's the for every single thing in life, there's an equal and opposing force, right? And so whilst we may be present, you may be presenting equanimity and grace, which you do beautifully on the outside, there is also this inside piece. Yeah. And similarly for me, like from the outside, I get a lot of, you know, you're courageous and it's so easy for you just to make these big bold moves. And it genuinely isn't, like I'm terrified most of the time. I think of myself as Bambi and you will see this lion and I don't get it. Like it's, it's, it's really interesting. Bambi? You?
0: Oh my God. God. Okay. Go, Go on. I will.
1: But this is the process and, and, and this is why vulnerability and expression is so important right like so people get oh we're here to have a physical and emotional experience but they miss the expression part and it's so important for us to share our experience because otherwise we all just feel isolated and if we want to experience love which is so much of what we get to experience the only way to love is through expression is through sharing our experience with one another
0: yes ma'am yes it is The other thing that comes to mind when you say that right is that people you know when people say to me like oh you know you just you're so um you're so graceful and you know just do what you say you're gonna do and you know you you, you yeah wow you know you're just so inspiring and i and what i think about is like i see change coming right i know it's coming and it's like am i going to let life kick me in the butt to change, or am I going to walk towards it? I'd rather walk. I don't like being kicked. I don't like being pushed. So I'm just gonna walk towards it because I know it's coming anyway. Like I'm either gonna be dragged by the foot, and I'm gonna be kicking and screaming. Like so, I don't know. I, I can see it coming. Like, I can see it coming. I can see like the process, mm-hmm. and then I I literally choose.
1: I love that. So for me, my version is. I can see, you know, there's there's choices every single day and things are scary every single day and I can either be scared or I can be curious and when I'm curious, it gets to be fun. And so you know, you've know you worked with me, so you know my whole thing. I'm like, how can we make this fun? How can we make this fun? Because fear and excitement are so similar to one another on a chemical compound level that it doesn't take that much for us to shift from one to the other. I say that this morning, I was like in a, like right on the edge of a panic attack, like right on the edge of a panic attack. And in that place where like, I, none of my, I had access to none of my tools none of them at all until I reached out for support and for to a friend and I you know said like I'm having a really hard time and she was like well what of your which of your tools are you going to use and that was enough to pique curiosity for me right and I was like huh which of my tools are i going to use okay I'm going to use I'm going to breathe and so I like sat in the waiting room for this uh, this place this morning because I was like I can breathe without anyone looking at me funny
0: <laughs> right mm-hmm. so and I just sat
1: like inhaled for four and I exhaled for four and I inhaled for four and I did that for like two and a half minutes and then I was like okay now I have a little more space a little more capacity right so I've alchemized the fear or the freeze a little to the point where I now have space where I can make a choice Mm -hmm. and then I was like okay well what would make this more fun Mm -hmm. and that's for me that's the way in it's like how does this get to be experimental how does it get to be playful how does it get to be funny because things are either very serious in my world and someone's going to get in trouble or it's really funny and like I didn't mean it (laughs) right and so that's kind of my way into that stuff
0: I I I hear that I, I was having a um yesterday I had finished working for the day and I still had all this time because now that I've turned in my book I was like wow I'm not like frantic trying to find time to write so I was like what is this restlessness that I feel like, what the heck? Like, this is what it feels like to have free time. So I remember that, you, you know, you, you, I, my, my go-to is always movement. So I called my husband and I said, you know, um, what time are you going to be home? Cause I'm going to the gym. <laughs> and that's, it feels like I have to put a stake in the ground. And I went and I felt so amazing. Uh, yeah movement is the go-to the go-to for me so do you feel better now do you feel more excited than fearful
1: yeah yeah so much so and like I had some clients this afternoon and I didn't um, pull it all together and pretend everything was great like I shared my experience of like where I'd been and the tools mm-hmm. that I'd used. and you know I'm not the coach of everybody in that way but what I do is I really try and be transparent and really model like it's not always easy and we all have tools. And so went into conversation and actually one of the conversations was about feeling emotions and not wanting to feel emotions and controlling our emotions around other people and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up in a conversation about state change and alchemy from that place. And one of the things I was saying in that conversation is we all have different things and you know, I recommend movement a lot, but find your own movement, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes shifting the energy can be as simple as, going to do the washing up or putting a track on and having a dance or walking around your block and for me often it can be amusing different senses to shift stuff ah. or again um, go and put some incense on to change the smell in the room or I will move into somewhere that has more light or sometimes I live in Spain and at this time of year it's it's cooler here and the house is designed to be as cold as possible which means that often it's cold cold colder in the house than it is outside so if I get to a certain time of the day where I'm like I'm really stuck I'm feeling really stagnant nothing's moving I will go outside just to go and be in some sunshine because that will change my state Uh and it's not it's not difficult it's not expensive (laughs) you know it's 10 minutes of sunshine and I'm suddenly like oh yeah cool I can carry on now so that's alchemy It's, it's using the little tools and tricks that you have to change your state on purpose
0: That's so beautiful. And, you know, for people listening to this, because I feel like there's this kind of overarching belief that we need to be like on and great and wonderful and in this like one state all the time. And if you're not that way, that there's something wrong. And something that I've come to learn, you know, working with you and over time is like, no, that's just part of being, that's just being human. Right. That's just going through the day, uh, facing what's to face, and you're not going to feel perky, joyful, brilliant all the time. But there's different tools and things that you can do to bring yourself to whatever state that is. And you don't like you don't have to be joyful all the time. Like that's not a life requirement. You don't have to you don't have to freaking smile all the time.
1: And you're not worthy of le- like, you don't have to get less love. You don't have to get paid less. You don't have to have less attention. Like it's, yeah, we've got so many, um, beliefs that are tied up that we can't necessarily see with it. Like, um, one of the ones I'm unraveling for myself at the moment is around resting more. Um,
0: um
1: like I started journaling on it and working with, with a, a friend and a coach of mine at the moment. And, um, so really unpicking like what is in here around like why I feel like I need to be busy and why it's not okay to rest for an extended time so I, I ran a retreat here I was really tired I'd scheduled in a rest day the day after and I was really proud of myself for having like remembered I would need to rest but I wasn't fully rested after one day but I then gave myself a really hard time and was like, listen, I scheduled you a day you have to go back to work now right? uh-huh. so the I'm there at my desk being like come on, and I can't understand why my whole body and system is like, exhausted and won't work so I started tapping into this and I found this belief that is, it's irresponsible to rest
0: uh-huh.
1: and, and this is a really fun one uh-huh. um Fat people are lazy. If you don't want to be fat, you need to move your ass all the time.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And they're so cool. But it's so cool because if we don't find them, we can't transmute them. We can't shift and change them. So the first piece, every time I find a a negative nugget, I'm like, wicked. I can do something with it now, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And that's, wow. That's Thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, I am... Constantly doing that kind of work too, and I'm always—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm not like as excited as you are of like, yay! I'm thing I found this, you know, this negative belief, this this limiting belief, this like core thing that I hadn't uncovered. Now I'm kind of like, oh shoot, that's my style. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. I'm like, wow, wow um yeah I've been having to sit with it for a while like and it's
1: fascinating it. to me because by the time I found it it is exciting because because for such a wow. long time I'm in a funk and I don't understand why like or I'm in a hard place or like I'm depressed or like there's something going on and I can't identify like why do I feel so bad why do I feel so heavy why do I feel so um because we've just said none of these feelings are, are bad but it's like this pressurey uncomfortable feeling and not understanding it or not having the root cause of it and not like not having something to work with is very uncomfortable for me so as soon as I've got something I can make progress with then I I am excited because there's something I can do (laughs) with it this this, this
0: is what life coaches get excited
1: about Uh uh-huh
0: (laughs) I'm like the regular person listening to this is not going to be a coach but yeah that's we get excited about uncovering our um most limited limiting core beliefs that are like I feel like a sense of a sense of angst where I'm like okay where is this coming from and I have to literally sit with it um but for somebody who's listening right who's like has like no idea (laughs) Because people come to this podcast because they're like, "Clara's going to teach me how to create my best year," and it's yeah. like, "Yeah, part of it is um, digging in, digging for the gold, right? Going in there um, through the darkness, and like, how how does one even start doing that? So, how does one how does one start alchemizing?
1: Well, you have to start with bit awareness, really, and if we are not the amount of people who aren't self-aware and who um, believe that everything wrong in their life is somebody else's fault. Ah.
0: Um,
1: if every relationship you've been in, you know, you think the person that you were in a relate, like, why do I just keep dating losers? Mm, okay, but I hate to break this to you, but if like the last five people were all losers, maybe, maybe the common denominator here is you um it's time to start looking for patterns it's time to start looking for like what is the stuff that isn't working and are you willing i'm not saying take all the responsibility for it sometimes people are losers fine but are you willing to look at your side of the street are you willing to look at what isn't working in your life And Uh eight pillars of practice that make up the misfit domain way. The first step is awareness and it's always awareness. And we try and come at what is and what isn't working with, with neutrality. This isn't about blame. It isn't about um, judgment or any of those things at this point it's just getting aware. And then the second step is aspiration. What do you want instead? Like, who is it that you want to be? what is it that you're desiring like what uh what do you want to be like who do you want to be what do you want to do what do you want to have and start to get some ideas and also start to notice whether those things are your desires or whether they are societies or your parents whoa, whoa, whoa. partners, or right like that's a really important piece and then the next piece is, is acceptance and judgment and these two like the serenity prayer always comes to mind when I talk about this one because it's a real process to get clear on what you can control and what you can't. And the the serenity and the, the you know to to know the difference, to to understand what you can control and what you can't, when you should walk away, when you shouldn't. Like it's not about judging everything, but it is about having and developing discernment. And then our fourth pillar is action. And that is where you get to alchemize. Like in the action piece, you get to change the state, you get to experiment, you get to do something different. Um, The fifth pillar is uh, um, accountability. And this is where we look at the masculine, the edges, the boundaries, the containers, like all of the rules that are in your life and like how you get to develop your own inner masculine. Um, Six is acknowledgement, which is our inner feminine, like how we get to nurture, support, acknowledge ourselves and um, then we go into seven, which is appreciation. And that is about having an orientation of um, appreciation and gratitude. So coming from a an air and an orientation of being the creator in your life rather than being the victim of your circumstance or of what's of your p- history or your um, position in the world. And then we move into eight and eight is ad infinitum. And this is where we have a death and a rebirth. And we start again, because the other thing. What's I the name we... of that one? Was ad infinitum like the infinity symbol ad infinitum yeah that the sideways eight you know that that symbol mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the infinity sign because what this limiting belief that I see in a lot of people is oh I just want eight steps and then I'm done right like how do I just get done um and you know I hate to be the, the person who breaks this to you but you're never done if you're done you're sorry <laughs> And so then you go back to one, which is awareness. And so we have these eight kind of pillars that I work through with people to step into a place of being aware and alchemizing continuously because it's never a one and done, but you develop tools and you get to know yourself and you get to have fun with it. You get
0: to have fun. That's, oh my God. I love this. You heard it here first. I mean, you know, it's this Ebony stuff. (laughs) She's Awareness aspiration acceptance actions accountability acknowledge appreciation ad infinitum it's ongoing um in the in thank you for sharing that that's amazing and, and okay and people right and know that this is not like okay i'm experiencing this i have awareness okay i know what i want i'm gonna accept it like it doesn't work that way it could be a while between each step. So be, have patience with yourself. I'm speaking as a witness. Um, in the book, right? I, so the name of my book is, is um, the power to create your life. You know, and I define power as choice, you know, having, having choice. But that that's very packed with a lot of like. In order for you to have choice, you have to have awareness. There's so much that has to that has to happen so that you're making a well-informed choice for yourself. Um, so this is wonderful. Um, the re- this recipe, I, I love this. It's a recipe for alchemizing. It's beautiful. All the A's. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, I I imagine that you're drinking your own tea.
1: <laughs> I mean, I try. <laughs> I try. I have days where I forget. But yes, for the most part, it's actually really important to me. Now, when I first started my business many, many years ago, sort of doing this professionally, someone said to me, if you could sum up your brand in three words, what would it be? And I said, walks her talk. And oh. that's always been something, and you know me, you know this is true for me, but it's it's very, very important to me to um to live from a place of do as I do, not as I say. You know, like I it's it's important to me to act with integrity. Yeah. Same here.
0: Same here. Yeah. So wow, you've shared so much with us, and I'm so grateful because when I started this podcast, right, my my vision was there's a woman out there somewhere who has never heard of coaching, who's never heard of any of these tools, who's who's never even had the idea that she has choice. And then she listens to, to someone in the podcast and she listens to these words and it like catapults her to like make a different choice. And here she is like healing her life seven generations ahead and seven generations behind. That's my lofty goal. Um, so I thank you for contributing to that, because I know someone's going to hear this and they're going to be like, wow. Right. Yeah. Um. So this is the part where I get to ask you, like, like, I, what are you doing specifically or like what are you doing to create your best year or like what does your best year look like like what is what is that for you
1: this is why I went quiet I'm like she's gonna ask me that question in a minute. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> this is where the rubber meets the road in this podcast
1: right. <laughs> I'm for me at this point it's really about Uh, And this is why I've been in this place recently of digging down into my own new levels of beliefs, because it's really about resting more, playing more, enjoying my life more, hanging out with my nieces more, spending more time on the beach, and working way less, right? And so with that as a goal, as that as a thing that I'm moving towards... (laughs) why is it so uncomfortable to rest, right, I'm like, hey, I want this thing, like, I've put this thing on my list, I want to create my best year, I would love to move into a place where work is no longer the center of my world, but I am the center of my world, being is the center of my world, right, and as I move towards that, I just keep finding things where I'm like, huh, turns out I don't like it, yeah and 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 that's not to say I don't like actually I love doing the thing but there's a level and a place where it gets um, to be uncomfortable so at the moment I'm really working through those blocks and that resistance to see what it is and sometimes it is looking at um, creating more systems in my business or getting more support sometimes it's just sitting with my feelings and like not running away from them and yeah it's a process
0: God, I get a visceral feeling in my heart when you say that. Yeah, because when I think of that, and you know, in and, and just know that you are not alone in wanting in wanting this, um, I always make this distinction, right, between work and what I call your real life. And sometimes like what I've what I see is that like, in life, I will speak for myself, right? That work has taken up so much that I'm lost in it. And I'm like, but, but what about my, my real life? What about the fun and the resting and the joy and just being yeah. and not having to feel like you have to freaking produce all the time? Oh, man.
1: Because as somebody who is deeply creative and enjoys creating, and as somebody who has integrated their business into their life, and where you know you've seen me, I genuinely get excited about (laughs) working with my clients. I love Uh what I do, so it's not like it would be much easier if I was still in some kind of a job that I didn't like and the goal was to work less, right? Like it's very, very easy when you're not enjoying something to do it less. Yeah. When you're not enjoying something, it that for me is where this part is difficult. And actually what's what the shift is here is t- making me the center of my world rather than making being, ser- being in service or making other people the center of my world and that for me is both genuinely very much desired and edgy for me like it's really it feels it still feels selfish to make me the center of my world and i have been working on this stuff for a long time
0: oh my god that's going to be so um i mean for me it's so validating to hear you um working on this because jesus like this is what you do for work (laughs) it's like Uh helping (laughs) helping people come to their own um yeah so especially there's you know so many more women that listen to this and knowing that it's hard um it's hard to come to that for so many reasons um but just out of curiosity, I wonder what do you, what do you think makes it so challenging to just like choose the resting, the fun, just the being?
1: For me personally, there's two things that come up. One is that I um somewhere I'm really addicted to being useful really addicted to other people's wins being like a dopamine hit for me right so every time I have a client win or they move forward or they get some success or something's working for them I get to like they're doing the work like I'm showing up and just you know being me and questions uh-huh. and supporting and all of those things but I get to really ride on that um dopamine and so there's something there about unhooking needing Finding new ways, out, you know, getting back to my own art for the sake of art or reading a book or, you know, slowing down. There's a piece that needs to happen there. Um, and then I think the other piece is is habit, right? Like it's um, I've been self-employed since I was 17 and 42. So really, I've never taken a break ever. I don't have kids. You know, I it's it's been my whole world for a really, really long time. And so part of it is just habitual. I remember when I was a kid, we, um, we got in the car with my mom on Saturday morning and she drove us to school. And we were like, why are we in school, mom? Because it's Saturday. And she was like, oh, autopilot just happened, right? Um, uh-huh. Because she does it like every single day. We get in the car, uh-huh. we drive to school, get in the car, uh-huh. drive to school. Uh-huh. So wow. we laughed at her, but it really stayed with me, this piece of like, Because I was so small there. And I was like, how can you do anything? I don't understand. I really didn't get it. Uh And now, if I'm not mindful of it, I get up and go to my desk. I get up and turn my computer on. I get on and check my email. I get and, like, ask my clients, how are you? I want to create a piece of content. Like, it is habitual. And so there's a real shift. And it started quite a little while ago where I used to be at my desk at 8.30 and then I used to be at my desk at 9. And now I don't get to my desk till 11. But that incremental shift of putting me in the center of my life has been something that I've needed to work on.
0: Wow. That is so profound. Shit. Addicted to being of service. Like all the women. I mean... Jesus
1: Christ!
0: Wow, I'm There's just saying that out loud.
1: Something to look at in terms of, um, I was talking to to um, I have a guy about this recently. Like, I enjoy taking care of him. I enjoy looking after him. Oh. Right up until I, until I don't. <laughs> right right. up until I'm not getting my needs met right um, up until I don't feel appreciated and so it's a fine line right to recognizing like, why am I doing this like is this coming from love is this coming from a sense of desired reciprocity is this coming from the hit the dopamine hit like really checking our intention is really important and that doesn't mean don't be a service it doesn't mean don't look after or caretake it means just you know awareness
0: yeah awareness, right? We go right back to number one. Wow, this is gonna be so helpful, ebony for so many people and especially for the coaches that are that are listening because being in the helping profession is its own beautiful dark thing all at the same time. Um, so this is this was so wonderful. I'm so thankful. This is going to be so useful. It was, this is so useful to me. Um, You know, I, I just want to wish you like, man, and so it is for like your, for what you want, because man, we all deserve to just be, deserve that.
1: It's, it's a real honor to come on and have this conversation with you and to be in front of your people, you know, having, giving them, giving them something perhaps a little different and yeah, it's a real joy and real honor and thank you. I really appreciate you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Oh my and goodness. I cannot
1: wait to read this book. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. I'm so excited. The Power to Create Your Life coming very soon. It'll be available for pre-sale next month um definitely there'll definitely be some quotes in there from ebony so it'll be out in the world soon thank you so much ebony okay friends thank you so much for being with us to learn how you can create your best year get the book take the course and learn more visit clarifying.com That's C-L-A-R-A-F-Y-I-N-G dot com. And remember, let the universe hear what you want this year.